It's time for America's most unique motorsports show, Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer, brought to you by Lucas Oil Products. It works. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Mostly Motorsports. I'm Scott Trailer, along with producer Todd Surprise. Kirk Elliott sitting in with us as he does each and every Friday. It's uh, it's the weekend, and that's what we're going to talk about, what's going to happen this weekend. Um, around the motorsports world. Kirk, how you doing, my friend? You doing all right? I'm doing great. You doing great? Yep. The holiday season. It is December already. Are you ready for the holiday season, Kirk? No. I'm never <laughs> ready for the holiday season. So when do you start <laughs> buying your Christmas presents, Kirk? Uh... Probably about the day before Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> like a true man. Like That's a my, real, uh, a, a real American. American. <laughs> You're just a real American, Kirk. I, uh, I'm i a little better than I used to be. Uh, forever, I did all my Christmas shopping on Christmas Eve. But over the last decade or so, I <clears throat> pushed that back to the day before Christmas Eve. Well, <laughs> let me tell you. With the railroad strike getting ready to take place, you might not want to wait till the last minute, Kirk, because if that happens, if this railroad strike happens, they will not happen. I don't think they're going to. I win. thought they passed a bill in Congress yesterday to avert that. Strike. I think they did. Did they? I think they did. But there's so much stuff. Here's the biggest problem. There's so much stuff in stores right now that there ain't enough people to stock it. So, right. Uh, well, there's a plenty of stuff to go around. I, I'm like Kirk Elliott. I used to be a christmas eve hit the mall when i lived in overland park yeah i hit oak park mall on christmas eve just to say i was in that oak mess. park mall was that right there at state line no that's the um, what was that mall that was right there at state line in 635 what was that mall oh well, you mean state indian, avenue in yeah. indian springs oh, indian, that's, indian springs i grew up in that they that's, tore that thing down oh, yeah, didn't it's it? been gone for it's a long been gone time. for a long still time around, isn't huh? it? Yeah, Oak Park Mall's still thriving. It's right, it's way. still yeah. Not many malls around. They just anymore. tore down the rest of Metcalf South Mall. Right. And the only thing left up here at Metro North Mall is the Macy's because it's the Macy's right. The Macy's is still for stuffs for sale. But yeah, the and up here at Antioch Mall, only thing that's left up there the is strip. Sears. Yeah, the little strip and the Sears thing. Yeah, so. right. No, but Oak Park Mall, I I drug. That's the thing to do. It's still at one of the malls like you'd see on TV. Yeah, and it's decked, you know, decked from head to toe and and uh, packed, and it's still something to do. I don't know. I like walking through. The, I don't buy much. I just kind of walk through there and absorb. I'm a people watcher. Do Do you let I, your wife do most of the shopping? Yeah, we're almost done. So right, I mean, right. But I but I send a lot of ideas. So like, I'm not like somebody just says just do whatever. I'm on the process of like, hey, this might be a good idea, and she's like, hey, that's a good idea. So right. it isn't like it's a teamwork thing. But no, she says we're ahead of the game this year so uh kudos to my wife we're ahead of the game right kirk who do you buy for when you go shopping do you buy for the little kids or do you buy for your nephews and do you buy for the whole family buy for the kids that's all we buy for anymore we did uh you don't buy past, for we your did like a gift exchange where you know we'd buy one gift for the adult and then the rest of them for the kids i don't know how many people know this but kirk is a twin aren't yes. you kirk you have a twin sister, don't you? I do. Yeah. Do you buy anything for your sister? Uh, not every Christmas. Uh, if it's a, like we say, the adults did a gift exchange. Right. So we focused on the kids. That's why huh. we did it. But back uh, 15, 20 years ago, we did buy for everybody before the that gets grandnieces and kids were born. Yeah. That's a lot of people in your family, But it too. made it exciting on Christmas Eve because the stress level was way up. It made for a very exciting Christmas for me to wait to the last minute like that. So, But I'm not as bad as that you're not. now <laughs> as I used to be. Um, oh, uh, oh, oh, Pete just chimed in. He said the Meacham is having an auto auction today in Kansas City. Thoughts on auto auctions? I've never been to one, but enjoy watching them on TV. I enjoy watching uh, Barrett Jackson and Meacham au uh, like, auctions as I well. Like, I do love they call it Meacham or Meacham Meek, or how, I don't how do know. they pronounce it? I always, called, I always called it Meacham, but I don't Meekum. pay. I don't. It, but I don't know. Um, yes, I'd love to. 
go down there. But I'm. You know why I don't go down there? I'm the same reason why you don't go down there. Because <laughs> I'd end up buying something down I there. I have just enough to, to hand a down payment to somebody. Right. <laughs> I have to explain it to my wife. Fun to watch on TV, but I've never attended one. My brother's been to a couple. And uh, he, they're really, I well, mean, they're really cool. So, it's a little different in person, obviously. So let me, let me tell you, uh, my dad was an auctioneer. Did I ever tell you that, Kurt? Yeah, you did. Yeah. So my dad was an auctioneer. He had yeah. a car auction for many years. And then he had a little auction down in Northmore, down by Riverside. Yeah, I used to go. I've been to a couple yeah. of those auctions. Yeah. Well, my dad was the original little that? auction down there in Northmore. And I was a ring man. Uh-huh. And uh, dare I say, I don't know if people know this or not, but, you know, the house always has a couple numbers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's some guys in there bidding for themselves. And, and they don't even know they're bidding against themselves. Happens in every auction I've ever been into. I don't care if it's houses, cars, trees. I was at a tree auction and got outbid by people that own the place. The people that own the tree? Yes. When we were buying house, trees for our house, our property, 20 years ago, we were buying established trees right. that were a little bigger than Bigger, yeah. Kind of mature trees. Mature. And these, yeah. and these yeah. places have to get rid of them because they are mature trees. They're taking up lots of space on their farm prop, tree property. And we went in there, and I wanted a bunch of these purple and red ash trees that were really nice and these right. red maples that were really nice and and they bid it up against and, and you come you know unbeknownst to you until later on it's like there's a reason why some of these bids were going up higher it's because there's somebody in the house just right. like you're saying so yeah that's how that works i'm sure that happens at every auction doesn't it scott it does um you know i, I will say this that um that people don't realize they're bidding against themselves <laughs> a lot of times, right? There's a house number, and you always point to the back of the room. There, and and, and you say the number, and, and then people are bidding against themselves. Kirk, you ever been to an auction? I have. I have you ever bid at an auction? I have, but it's been only one or two times where I actually participated in. Did your family have auction? auctions back in the day? Because. You have a big farm up there. Did you ever have auctions up there at the farm? Uh, we did. The most recent, my brother, when he got out of the, uh, you know, running the day-to-day -day operation of the farm, had his auction online. Oh, he it did? It was right during the pandemic when it started. Wow. And That's... he was more successful with the online yes. auction than if it had been live. That's what I've been hearing. A lot of people, I follow a few auction places on Facebook. And you, they can, they really do a successful job of able to promote what's going to be up on that auction that's right. coming up. Yeah. And you might be sitting at home, and boom, you know what? It's easier to click that button a couple more times on the computer than right. it is in person. Yeah. <laughs> hey, did you know Frog Hall was a twin? How about no, that? I did not I know, did know. No, he just said that. He's How a twin. About that frog. Frog, a twin. Is it, is it a girl or a boy? Paternal. Uh, uh, frog, do you or? have a twin brother or a twin sister? And is it identical or not? Uh, and are you identical? That's what I want to know. So let us you know, wouldn't, Frog. You wouldn't be if he had a twin sister. No, but I meant no. so you either have a sister. You and your sister look a little bit alike, don't yeah. you? So you'll have family. You don't think so? Not at all. Well, family. You don't think you look a lot at... better than me. Well, of course. She's a girl, and she's going to look well, prettier yeah, than you. Well, yeah, she's going to be prettier. But there's than probably you, family resemblance in the family. There's no doubt. I've I've seen pictures of Kirk's sister. They look a little bit old. Now you talk about somebody defending Kirk. She used to defend Kirk on on uh, track talk in the mornings when we would get on yeah. him every once in a while. She'd say, "You get off, Kirk." <laughs> well, you know that's what sisters supposed to do. That's what I'm saying. That's right. how, she that's on Saturday morning. Are you older or I, younger, Kirk? She is older than me by three minutes. Three full three minutes. minutes. Yeah. So how about she, that? She has that over you. Yeah. And she reminded people of that. All <laughs> I'm the sure time. she does. That's that what, she's older than you. Yeah. That's what she twins do. To know that. Uh, Back when we were kids, who, she, who was, not so much now. Can I ask this? Who was bigger? Because this is a uh, who was bigger when they were born. I don't remember. I think we're about the same. Is that right? Because you know, usually size. one twin is bigger than the other right. because one usually is getting most of the. Right. I think about the same. There you go. I was the uh, afterthought. You know, <laughs> my parents wanted a girl. They had two older boys, so. 
they had their girl. Oh, they threw me in there just, just for, an extra. for an extra. Well, we're glad they did. <laughs> we're glad they did. That's kind of the That's that too funny, out. Kirk. They got they got a girl and a boy out of that yeah. pregnancy. My my You sis- know, I, I I was talking about Kirk with uh, earlier before we went on the air that I wish I would have met Kirk's mom. I never did meet your mom. Nope. Yeah, she uh she passed uh, just about What year uh, was that? 2001. One. About a year after uh me and you got we together. Started to get together. We were at Knoxville. Right. When uh, when your mom passed for the worst. Yeah. Yeah. No so, mm-hmm. Yep, she was uh she was a great lady. So was my dad. Yeah. So Big figure in the of. community if people don't know too. She yep. held uh well, let's uh, let's get into a little bit of racing, Kirk. Last night, uh, Bobby Pierce picks up the win with the super late models at Gateway last night. What would you think of that race? Well, he said it himself. He got a great draw, which got him a great qualifying effort, which put him on the pole. He won his heat, too, didn't he? Yeah. He's, he swept the night, didn't he? He swept the night. Yeah. So, But he, he said the biggest part of the night was the draw that got him the good time trial speed, mm-hmm. and that set up the rest of the night. And at this event on a fifth mile racetrack, you better be starting up front because if you're not, you're going to struggle. And he started on the pole and led all 25 laps of that race. And working the bottom, I might add, which you hardly ever see Bobby Pierce do. Right. He rips the he top. He hugged the bottom the whole 25 laps. And I was the thing that surprised me the most of that feature last night, Scott, there was only one yellow flag the whole race. Right, right. And that was early on. Was it too much on the bottom last night, Kirk, you think? Well, guys tried to rip the top. They just couldn't make it work. Couldn't make it work, could they? No. Mm-mm. So, I mean, it was just, uh, you know, the... It's the nature of the racetrack itself. You can only put so big a racetrack inside a dome stadium. Ryan Unzucker, he he ran second, and Tanner English was third last night. What would you think about that? Did you think Ryan had a, a chance there at the end of that race? He he, Bobby Pierce won that race by almost two seconds. Yeah, that, no, that's think- a big, that's a big ass lead for that little bitty racetrack, isn't it? It is. I, I just don't think that uh, Ryan Unsker had any kind of a shot at it. Mm-hmm. But he, along with Tanner English, the top three are locked in to Saturday night's main right. event. So that is a big deal. Even if you don't win that race last night, right. if you're Ryan Unsker and Tanner English, you got to be feeling really good about getting locked into the A main, and you don't have to run anything else until Saturday night's $30,000 to win feature. Scott, right. I thought the only guy that really – was going to make a run up there, and it looked like early was Brandon Shepard. He uh, started ripping the high side. He started 10th in that race, got up to as high as 7th, uh, took a look on Chris Simpson and Shannon Bad. just couldn't make it work on the top side. Right. He settled for 7th, but he was the one guy that I thought might be able to make a run at it, but uh, even he couldn't make it work up top. Right. Um, a little disappointed that it was just putting around the bottom, though for me yeah yeah i was a little disappointed by that 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 modified race though was pretty damn good wasn't it kurt i didn't watch the modified you race didn't watch night. it I, what'd you do turn that, off the tv I, after the races I, I, was over? I don't know what i did I, I i didn't watch the modified race why not i don't know drake troutman was the winner right right he was uh, that was a pretty damn good race. I don't know about anybody else, but I thought that modified race was probably better than the late model race. Was it? Yeah. Wow. Anybody else out there think the modified race was better than the late model now, race? Started, uh, the winner started on the outside front row. Right. Were there many yellow flags in that race? Um, there was a few. There was One modified got upside down right at the start of the race, and they had to do a little fence repair. At the start of that race. Maybe one of the reasons why I didn't watch it, I didn't recognize a lot of the names in that race. You know, that I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up, Kurt. Because, to be honest with you, I didn't know hardly any of these guys that run in these modifieds. They're UMP guys, and we're not really familiar with UMP right. guys, right? We're more of a USMTS type, USRA yeah, I guys. I didn't recognize any of these drivers. No, I didn't either. But... Um, Trenton Barry wasn't there last night. Did you see that? I heard that. Is and he I sick? I don't know, but they made a mention that. I hope you get to feeling better, Trenton. 
Yeah. Derek Kissinger stood in for what Trenton normally does there. Right. And uh, Derek said, I hope you get feeling better, Trenton. So, Trenton, if you're under the weather, get well soon. Yeah. I don't know if we're going to see him there tonight or not. But, yeah, we missed Trenton, which he has been at this event every year. He always does a great job down there, too. Yeah. So, uh, Drake Troutman ended up winning the modified race. Um, Tyler Peterson was second, and Michael Ledford was third last night, Kirk. You didn't get to watch any of it, so you didn't get to see much well, of it. Well, I'll watch it tonight so we can talk about it tomorrow. Right. You you need to watch the Modifieds. <laughs> I think that, I, again, I, I think the Modified race was better than the late model race myself. Wow. Well, the uh, car count for the late models, I think, totals about, of what, 130? They had 65 cars last night. The other half of the field will be tonight. Mm-hmm. So a boatload of late models showed up to this event. Yeah. And a lot of these guys, you don't see all of the top drivers in late models show up at this event because when you do come, yes, you're going for $30,000 to win. Right. But you're going to be replacing a lot of body panels and fixing your race car a lot. And there's a lot of guys that don't want to come do that. Yeah. Uh, me personally, I was a little bummed out that they didn't have the midgets there last night. But when they only have 20 cars show up, what were they supposed to do? You know, there was a rumor yeah. going around at one time that they were going to run non-wing sprint cars there. I think that would that track's not big enough to handle non-wing and any kind of big sprint well, cars. Well, I, I think the biggest problem with running non-wing sprint cars there would be the height of the fence. Yeah. Right? I don't think that would be a safe thing to do. I don't on, know. On a track like that. As small as it is, indoors, I think midgets would be fine. But sprint cars, I don't think so. Mm. Well, I I believe, um, I think it would work, to be honest with you. But the fence would have to be a little bit taller. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You could could easily get a sprint car up over the fence. Up into the grandstands. Yeah, maybe. that wouldn't be good. Mm. Well, I mean, midgets could fly high, too. Right. So, uh, I, I just don't think the track's big enough to field sprint cars and right. have you put on a good race. I just think they're they're too big. Late models are a little bit tough. It, it's, it's just hard to pass. Right. And they're doing the best they can with the size of arena that they have to work with. Uh the track is as big as it can be, but I think it's uh, borderline too small for even late models. Right. Uh, Caleb, he, he chimed in. He said they put non-wing sprint cars down at Sweet Springs Motorsports Complex, and we all agreed that that wasn't safe. I feel the same at the Dome, and I love traditional sprints. Yeah, I, I, don't, think, I don't think we need to be seeing sprint cars at Sweet Springs. Mm. Uh, midgets, a the fence is I not tall it. enough at Sweet Springs for right. for sprint cars. I would agree with that, one hundred. I saw it. I was over there one night when they did run sprint cars this year, as a matter of fact, and stood up pretty close to the racetrack. And did you feel it, like it was a little unsafe? I wasn't. It wasn't so much unsafe as I just didn't think it was big enough to put on good racing. Right. Uh, Caleb said, "Mike Harris and Clay Money." was the only mod drivers that he knew of. I didn't know any of them. Tyler Nicely, I heard that name before. You have? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, a lot of these guys I'm just not familiar with. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of these guys come from around the St. Louis area and Illinois, and but we're, we're not close to that area, so we just don't see those guys race a lot. Should we... Uh... <sighs> Do you think in the Kansas City area, Kirk, do you think that we should have more UMP races around here? No. Why? No, I think the the USRA and USMTS is pretty big around here with the IMCA. 
uh, running a couple of racetracks. I, I don't think it's necessary to bring in UMP cars into this area when you already have a good number of modifieds running the USRA rules. No, I don't. I don't think that's necessary. Well, hold on. You got USRA. You got IMCA. You got USMTS. Why not UMP? Well, I just don't think it's necessary to do that. You've got a one set of rules. The UMP's got their own set of rules that's, that's apart true. from the USRA. And you've got plenty of racetracks that run the USRA sanction and right. those rules that I just don't think it's necessary to bring in the UMP cars. Right, right. All right. Why don't we, why don't we do this, Todd? We'll take a break. When we come back, we've got some sound we're going to run too, right? Chase Briscoe, who's going to be running the Chili Bowl. We'll hear from Keith Coons and also Joey Legato, who was honored at the banquet last night down in Nashville. And we'll talk about why it wasn't on TV. That sucked last night that it wasn't like on TV. It. No, I didn't I like don't it like it. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, more of Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Lucas Oil Products. It works. We'll be back with more. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. There is less than one hundredth of an inch of motor oil protecting your car's engine. Friction and heat causes engine oil to experience thermal breakdown, weakening its ability to protect the engine and its parts. Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer is specially formulated to resist thermal breakdown, protect vital engine parts, and extend the life of your engine. It also stops smoking, knocking, and oil consumption in worn engines. Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer. Keep that engine alive. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com. Serving the racing community for over 30 years. Next to your vehicle's engine, your transmission is the most important component of your car. If it's not properly maintained, your car may not shift properly. By adding Lucas Transmission Fix to your transmission, it cleans and lubricates sticking valves for proper shifting, renews worn bands to stop slipping, stops seal leaks, will not void new car warranties, contains no harmful solvents. Lucas Transmission Fix. It works. Here at Specialty Sportswear, in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other add specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business, and make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Missouri's must play away. Osage National Golf Resort. Three nine-hole courses to choose from at the Lake of the Ozarks in the Osage River Valley. Stay and play packages in our first-class condos. A beautiful clubhouse complete with pro shop and exercise facilities. A large pool for relaxation and families. The Eagle View Sports Bar and Grill. Great wedding facilities. Go online and make your tea time today. One of the main reasons for poor vehicle performance is a dirty fuel system. It can cause decreased fuel economy and actually do harm to your engine over time. By adding Lucas Fuel Treatment to your vehicle, it cleans and lubricates the entire fuel system. Pump, carburetors, fuel injectors, and valves as you drive. It also improves your vehicle's performance. It's a non-solvent product designed to protect both gasoline and diesel engines. Lucas Fuel Treatment. It works. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. At Lucas Oil, we take pride in creating problem-solving products to make your car care easier. We protect your vehicle and make it run longer so you can focus on the things that matter most. 
Whether it's commuting to work, visiting a loved one, taking the kids where they need to go, going to the big game, or anywhere life takes you, Lucas Oil is committed to getting you there for all of life's important moments. Lucas Oil, it works. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer. Welcome back. It's Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Lucas Oil Products. It works. Want to remind everybody about the 2023 um, Corvette that they're going to be giving away up at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum. Um, this is a pearl white Metallica tricoat color, and it's a Z07 performance package as well. This car makes 760 horsepower. Could you imagine having 760 horsepower? <laughs> I would have a lot of. How much? How many horsepower is your Mustang? 245 make? or 250. It's low. You don't realize those little. But it little, gets it though. Oh, it's 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 the torque and everything. Like I said, it's if it's 300. Well, actually, my brother told me it was what close to. What year's your Mustang? 89 LX, but it's had some stuff done. It's probably pushing close to 300, but that's. That's on a good day. Yeah. Right, I mean, could right. you imagine having double? 760 horsepower. My wife would You'd kill me. You'd have to be a race car driver to know how to handle that. Well, you, you would. And it's a 5.5 LT6 V8 engine. It goes from 0 to 60 in 2.6 seconds. Wow. It's an 8-speed automatic. Mm. And it's got the bigger tires and wheels on it. It's got the aero package on it. It's got the big brakes on it. This is a real race car on the street folks again it's a 2023 z06 corvette with the z07 performance package on it and this car is remarkable um and todd you've got it up there on the screen right now that is a picture of the car that they're going to be giving away yeah at the national sprint car hall fame and museum that's it i mean that's your car right? that it's is sporty, it right there it? that is wow. a sporty looking dude Let me right tell there you something if i had that car I'd probably drive it one week and sell it. I might park it. I would I would keep it. And keep that thing and not drive that for They give you twenty five thousand dollars in cash, cash to help pay for the taxes. And see, and that's the thing. People don't realize that like when you win a car on the prices right, right. You there's you, you don't win. pay the taxes. And you don't do it. It's not like uh, we have. Most a, people take a cash yeah, buyout. Yeah, they do. The, right. and it's a, we had a local celebrity here in town that won a car, and she she was on Prices Right, and she did. She's like, look, it's a big, it's a scam. The cash prize, the one you want to win is the the wheel. Right. And the Plinko game, because that's right. the one you get the cash, <laughs> the right? Cash out you of pay it. the thing. Right. But you're right. With these guys giving you the $25,000, you're set, right? right. You don't right. have to sell this thing. You can actually. That's right. Put this thing on the street if you want to. Right, no doubt. Um, and you can register to win this Corvette at winaz06corvette.com. That's winaz06corvette.com. Um, and don't forget, the Sprint Car Raffle is just about ready to take place. Two weeks from today. Is it two weeks from today, Kurt? December 16th. December 16th. Yeah. That's a big day. Also, that they're is... going to announce the inductees for the 2023 Hall of Fame. They're going to do it the same day? Yeah. Right. Anyway, um, this is a, a 2022 Triple X chassis with the oil motor in it. And let me tell you, folks, this is a race-ready sprint car. It's ready to go, and they're going to give you $25,000 in cash as well to help you pay for the taxes up there at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum again. And you can buy those raffle tickets at SprintCarRaffle.com. That's SprintCarRaffle.com. Or you can give them a call and give them your information on the phone at 641-842-6176. At 641-842-6176. Kirk, um, Dennis Roberts services tonight. Right. Yeah, the Roberts family, they built I-70 Speedway. And right. Dennis Roberts and his brother Randy, along with, uh, you know, the, the entire family, we, we knew him well. You right. knew him well. Uh, you raced out there. Dennis Roberts was a fixture at I-70 Speedway and a great family. Knew, his, uh, knew all of his family, really, but right. uh, he passed away here this past week. And they're going to have the visitation today 
at the Newcomers Floral Hills Funeral Home at 7000 Blue Ridge Boulevard. Can you click Kansas on that 8. picture, Todd, and will it make it bigger if you click on that picture? I'm going to try right now. All right. And then the funeral service will be held uh, at 7 o'clock tonight. Tonight, so we'll right. So head out there. And, and I, I didn't realize this, but uh, his mother, Irma, she's still... She's still with us, and his brother Randy. Yeah, yeah, Rand, Randy. We knew him. You know, I haven't seen, I haven't seen them for a long time, Scott. But uh, they're they're just great people, right? They they they're in the salvage business. Yeah, right. Um, a tough week for the racing community here in, in Kansas City. Um, uh, we've lost Dennis Roberts and, and then Dave Tyson as well this yeah. week. A, a tough, tough week, right? Yeah, just, uh, you know, we're still, you know, we're reeling uh, over the loss of our good friend Dave Tyson. Worked with him on the Hall of Fame, the CARB Hall of Fame. He was the vice president of the Central Auto Racing Boosters Hall of Fame. And uh, we are uh, waiting on whatever arrangements will be released by the family. And when they do, we'll pass that along to you. But, right. yeah, it's been a been a real tough week, Scott. Yeah, no doubt about it man and the roberts family have done a lot for motorsports in this town oh yeah a lot maybe as much as anybody other than maybe clyde ellis clyde ellis kept lakeside afloat for many years got in his own pocket one time clyde told me he spent a million dollars trying to keep lakeside open yeah without clyde ellis we would not have a lakeside speedway today I don't think Lakeside would be open if it wasn't for Clyde Ellis. Would you Would so. you agree with that? I don't think so. I don't either. And the Roberts family, they are responsible for I-70 Speedway. Mm. And they came back into the picture at, you know, when Greg Weld had the track. They came back into the picture, took the dirt off the racetrack, made it back to pavement. 87. Late 80s. I think that was 88, wasn't it? The, the first race they had on the pavement was in 88, yeah. right? But they took the dirt off of it in 87. At the end of the 87 season, Billy Deckman won the Sportsman uh, Division Championship at Lakeside Nice 70 in a Stock Stub Harris car. And he, he won the championship in 87 at Lakeside and at I-70 Speedway when they were both dirt. And when did the Roberts sell I-70 Speedway? I can't remember. They sold it to Ted Carlson, I believe, in 94. I think it was. 94. Ted Carlson bought it. Listen, you know, I was always pretty hard on Ted Carlson. I wish I wouldn't have been because Ted was as good a promoter as anybody other than having to get paid the next week. Yeah, he was one of the first ones that got rest his soul. We lost Ted Carlson right. here within the last year. But uh, he was one of the first track operators to delay payment to the drivers till the following week. Right. He started that. But he was uh, he was an honest man, and he delivered what he promised and I called him a slumlord back in the day, yeah. but did I not realize how much of a slumlord the next owner was going to be? <laughs> be careful what you wish for, right? I, I, I totally wish that Ted Carlson would have continued to own that racetrack. How many racetracks he owned? He owned Park Jefferson. Park Jeff. In. He owned San Antonio. He owned Lakeside, and he owned I seventy Speedway. Yeah. Right. And Park Jeff, what year did it close? I'm not no, sure. no, it's, it's still, still open. open isn't it's it? still open. Uh, Lakeside Speedway. He was the one that put the uh, individual or the seats out, the seat backs in the grandstand out at Lakeside Speedway. Then Mark Olson took over the racetrack. What did What did uh, Ted Carlson tell you one day when you said something about those seats? Out I there? said, "Boy, those bleachers look great." And he turned and looked at me and he said, "Those are not bleachers; they're seats." I said, oh, oops. He kind of chewed you out a little yeah. bit over that, didn't he? Yeah. But he was uh, he was a solid track operator for a lot of years. Oh, man, no doubt, man. As good as they get, really. To be honest with you, he was probably as a good a promoter as 
maybe about any promoter around here besides maybe Bob Baker. Yeah. Bob, Ted, ba- Bob Baker was really exceptional. Right. Yeah. And Ted Carlson owned I-70 Speedway when NASCAR came in and ran those truck series races there you know, for you, a few you, years you, in the late 90s. You know what's funny is uh, when Carl Edwards drove my super truck out at I-70 Speedway in 2002, or 2003, I think it was. Yeah, it was 2003 when he won the World Cup 100 driving my super truck. You know, he said something that really stood out to me. You know, back in the day, there wasn't a gateway. There wasn't a Kansas Speedway. I-70 Speedway was the big track in this area, wasn't it, Kurt? And it was a premier facility. They had all those ASA. It was one of the big racetracks for the ASA series back in the day. Right, and they ran the World Cup out there as well. Right. Yeah. I mean, drivers like uh, Dick Trickle and... Benny you know, Parsons, Daryl Waltrip. Rusty Wallace, Mark Martin, those guys all raced They all there. raced there, yeah. And uh, that was the place where Adam Petty won his first ASA race. First ASA race. That was his first stock car race, wasn't it? Yes. It was. I think it was his first race. That was a big win for the Petty family. And, of course, we lost Adam not long after that. Right. Uh, That was a sad day. The Roberts family, they had control of that racetrack through the real heyday. Of course, we talked about that. They built the track. Right. And then all the way through the 70s into the 80s, and then there was a four- or five-year time when they had dirt on the racetrack. Greg Weld ran the track at From that 1980 time. to 87, it was a dirt track. Yeah. It wasn't a very good dirt track. No. No. They, at the top. Yeah. But, uh, without the Roberts family, and uh, Dennis was a big part about of that. Right. Uh there wouldn't be an I-70 Speedway through all those years. You know, memories. Todd put this video together. What year did we put that together, Todd? What was that? This is 10 years exactly. Is so. it 10 years ago when you put that video together? Yeah. Because um, I'm on my 11th year, and this was the first year I worked How many it. views does that thing have? Does it say? It's got 30, a lot. 30,000 plus, but that's that's just from from 10 years ago. So it, uh, it doesn't show. Let me it. say this. Look at the crowd back in the day. Back in in the 90s, they had two or 3,000 people out there every week, didn't they, Kurt? Oh, yeah. Place was packed. Because when you went to I-70 Speedway, you never knew what you were going to see, Right. It was one of the most treacherous racetracks maybe of all time. Would you agree with that? Right. And it was uh, it was a regional racetrack that wasn't just a local Kansas City track. There were people right. drive in three or four hours away every week to come to the races at I-70. Right. Because they there was no other place like it. It, 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 it was raced weekly. It had a dog leg down the back yeah. straightaway. You know, I, I, I've always said this, that, that uh, Chris Payne could have saved a lot of money if he would have just put dirt on that racetrack. Would you? What do you think? Because, to be honest with you, when we talk about I-70 now, people say it's too fast now, right? It would have been just as fast if they would have just put dirt on that racetrack. Yeah, I think it was probably the right move to re reconfigure it, redo it. My biggest concern about the dirt was was they'd have to build some of that wall a little higher because we're seeing a lot of cars get up over that wall with just the concrete. That that happened the entire yeah. history of that race. So track. you add dirt, and we're already losing another, what, how many feet? So I, that would be my only concern. But when I right. put this video together, it was I was astonished on how much footage there was of actual these crashes, you know, and mm-hmm. Um, and I'm double checked, triple checked to make sure nobody was hurt every time I hey, asked. Are you sure? Hey, look, Todd, speed that video up and get to the end of that video because let me say this about I 70 Speedway. That racetrack had the biggest fireballs in the history of that racetrack. It, yeah. Back, right about right there is yeah. where it starts. Tony Walls is the one I remember. Oh, man, that was a bad there. one. Uh, it you, webbed his fingers together. We're watching 
Here's here's check out some of these wrecks here from back in the day. I mean, this was a obviously this this one of these is John O'Neill Jr. That that was the Walls wreck right there, I believe, right there. He was like the top qualifier of the weekend. You can see him rolling. He, he he owned the track record to the day that racetrack closed. He ran a sixteen oh two that day. Watch him come stumbling out of this fire. There right he is, here. rolling on the and ground comes, right there. They're looking for him on the other side, and he comes out by himself right there. Right. That's one of the most frightening things I've ever witnessed in person. And you know what was good about that day? They had a life light helicopter there. That they day. did. Yeah. That explode. That explosion is. Uh, Right. So I, I, I may have embezzled. Uh, em- this was the maybe the scariest one of all time. This is, this is Ron Hartford. And, and I, I want people to pay attention to this wreck right here. How long this fire goes. And I want you to pay attention to how long Ron Hartford is in this modified right you here. You were there that night, right? I was there that night. I, I was not in attendance. Kent Roberts night. and him got together. Yeah. This was a bad deal. But... Pay attention and watch when Ron Hartford comes walking out of this fireball. Look at and this is the John. Yeah, there he is, comes yep. walking out right there. Ron Hartford got burnt really bad in that wreck. And I believe this is the John O'Neill one right here, right? Um, no, I don't think so. No, that's uh, – I'm not sure what wreck that is there. But, listen, you never knew what you were going to see at I-70 Speedway. You see this guy fall down on the... There's the helicopter. Yeah. Watch this guy fall down right there. I think that might have been the Tony Walls wreck right yeah. there, Kurt. Yeah. Because there's the helicopter. But you can see the how how high the banking was when that guy, the, the emergency worker, falls down. I think Fred Renault um, went over there and helped Tony Walls out of that car as well. Wow. If I'm not mistaken. That's... Uh, you know who that is right there, Kirk, right there? That car rolling right there? That's Mike Klim, or, or Jeff Klim. Jeff Klim. Driving a stock car. And you said Kent Roberts huh? earlier? Did you say yeah, Kent? Yeah, right. And he's part of the, he Dennis would be Dennis's son, right? Right, yeah. And, uh, you know, I was looking at the obit for Dennis Roberts, and uh, he was preceded in death by his father, Billy, who was the patriarch of the family, built right. the racetrack. His wife, Joyce, who we remember very well, she was always at the pit gate. And brother, Dan Roberts, who was a radio personality in Kansas City. Long-time radio guy. And also the PA announcer for the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium. Yeah, that's right. He did that for a long time, didn't he? He was the voice when I was going to the games back in the day in the 80s, so... Yes, sir. That's a familiar face. Yeah, no so doubt about it. Those were the three members of the family that uh, Dennis was preceded by, and we knew them all. Right. And so, uh, yeah, very sad time for the Roberts family, and we're thinking about them, and we'll probably head out there tonight and pay our respects. Kirk, um, you've got some sound to run here. We do. Who do you want to hear from first? We had Joy Logano uh, being honored as the – Cup Series champion last night. We don't have the actual audio of his speech because we didn't see it. We don't need to go into Cup right away. Who else you got? I've got Chase Briscoe talking about his plans for the Chili Bowl. Let's He's run that. Cup Series driver. Uh, it's about a four-minute piece right here that uh, Lee Spencer talked to Chase Briscoe about his plans for the Chili Bowl coming up. Yeah, done. have a... I'll take my one car there. I got a new car, just tested it last week. So I felt, honestly, probably the, I'd say the best I've ever felt in a midget ever. Um, the car's bigger cockpit-wise, so my knees aren't hitting anything. And just how the car drove, I felt really good. So um, excited for that. I think I'm going to take, I'm for sure taking three cars. I think, I just was on a phone call a second ago. I might be taking four now, so. I'm gonna be busy the whole week, just trying to get every everything you know put together. Trying to run four cars during that week, that'll be more than we've ever ran. So, yeah, I'm excited for that week. It's one of my favorite weeks of the year, and yeah, just looking forward to getting over there. And like I said, I feel like this is this is the best I've ever felt testing. So I'm excited to finally get there and see kind of where I stack up. What's your roster look like? 
So I have uh, Jordan Kinzer again in my car or one of my other cars. Uh, we'll take Brent Cruz in one of them. And then I'm trying to, I think I got a deal put together with Parker Price Miller to run the other one. So, yeah, looking forward to, to having three other really, really good drivers I feel like can go there and, and make the show too. So it'll be fun if we can make it all work with, with Parker, especially uh, Parker, Parker and me have been really good friends. And a couple of years, uh, I guess it was probably 2013, he, him and his dad showed up at Bloomington. And uh, we blew our motor. It was like their second night ever at a sprint car race. They somehow pitted beside us, had no clue who we were, and we blew our motor in a heat race. And Parker's dad and him let me run their sprint car the rest of the night. So I've always wanted to somehow return that favor. And Parker texted me the other day and asked if I had another Chili Bowl car. So I'm trying to put it all together where I can kind of return that favor finally, and it'll be cool if we can all put it together. Talk about the team building situation you had with your – you took your crew dirt track racing, right? Yeah, it was cool. We – uh my guys, have, a lot of my guys are like big midget sprint car fans in general, um, but they've obviously never driven one. So I had the car that Jordan Kinzer runs at the, at the Chili Bowl. I had it sitting there ready to go and was going to bring my new car to test. So I told all the guys, hey, if you guys want to drive it, like I'll bring the second midget. And everybody instantly was like, yes, please do it. So I brought that, and then I had a micro that – I've had for like five or six months that Mahindra got me to run at Millbridge and I haven't had the opportunity to go do it. So I took them that kind of for training wheels. They wanted to come up to speed and I was blown away how good everybody did. Um, I think they were only, there was a couple guys that were only a second off of what I was running. So I was really, really impressed and didn't get tore up. That was good. Um, but yeah, they all loved it. They, they said that Johnny texted me the next morning and said at our, their morning meeting, everybody was, you know, talking crap to each other and bragging about who was better and whatnot. So it was a it was a cool team building day and just a way to kind of say thank you. It was a fun day. I mean, a lot of teams go to the go kart track and you know go to GoPro and things like that, but to let them drive a, a full blown midget, uh, it was pretty cool to see all their faces when they got out. And I felt like they had a new respect kind of for what I did too. And you know, hopefully some of them could finally understand when I'm asking for certain things in the race car. They could kind of feel those same things that I normally feel. So yeah, I was it was cool to do and. Uh, I want to do it again because I, I think it was a lot of fun. Things really seem to click for you this season, and just having a team-building li- deal like that has to go a long way with the guys. That, I mean, they, they really don't get the appreciation they deserve. And, my God, after putting together yeah. the next-gen car, what, it was a hell of a year for everybody. So, you know, this will be – got to be really confident going into 2023. Yeah, for sure. I feel like, you know, I, I feel like every driver feels like their group of guys is – you know, really good and really behind them. But, but I feel like the camaraderie and just the team team environment that we have on the 14 is is the best I've ever experienced in my entire career. Like just I would go to war for my guys. I know they're going to war for me. And, you know, I feel like even I feel like this time of the year, you know, a lot of other teams are trying to grab people from other teams. And I, I feel confident enough that my guys want to work with me bad enough now that, you know, they're stay, even if somebody else is offering more money. We just had that good of an environment. So, yeah, definitely uh, looking forward to, to next year with them. And like you said, they're definitely underappreciated. And that's why I always try to make it an effort to make, let them know how appreciative I am because I know it's not easy to uh, do all the things they do and all the, the time and effort and the sacrifices they make. So, yeah, it was uh, fun to somehow say thank you and letting them drive the midget. And, yeah, looking forward to, to going to the racetrack in 23 with them and hopefully uh, proving some more people wrong. That is Chase Briscoe, who yep. drives for Stuart Haas Racing and uh, getting ready for the Chili Bowl. He's got drillers, by the way. Yep. He's won at the uh, Tulsa Shootout. We remember that. And the shootout is coming up uh, December 26th through the 31st. Can't wait. Man, I am looking forward to the Chili Bowl and the Tulsa Shootout. Chili Bowl is January 9th through the 14th. Right. That's going to be good. All right. What else you got, Kurt? I got a soundbite from Keith Coons here, who uh, Lee talked to out at uh, Ventura at the Turkey Night, and she asked him about uh, how special Buddy Kofoid is and what he saw in Buddy Kofoid, along with some of the other famous drivers that he's had under his wing. Uh, You know, I think he's, I think he comes from that same mode. They come up running sprint cars really at a young age, and, and then... You know, we was able to kind of spot that and, and pick them out of, you know, when they were in that before greatness, you know, right before they got there, but they were really, really good. And then, you know, be able to take them midget racing and after a couple years, 
And during this couple years, you know, that he's been with us, you know, he's been out running sprint cars. He's won a World of Outlaw race. He's out in Pennsylvania running wing sprint cars. And he's gotten to go do some stock car stuff and a little bit of NASCAR stuff. And, you know, when them guys go do all that and they come back to the midget, the midget just gets easier and easier for him. That's that, you know, that's true. It looks easy yeah. for Betty Kilfoyd right now, except when he got upside down there on that last race out there. At well, he, that wasn't his fault, though. No. He hopped a wheel. Car got bound up, jumped the cushion, come across. He jumped the left front wheel, and it was over at that point. Future looks pretty bright for Buddy, doesn't it? Yes. I, I'm not sure what Buddy's going to do for a living. Um, he'll probably end up down there in NASCAR land, probably, eventually. Don't you think? Yeah, with that hookup with Toyota, yeah. i got to believe he's one of the big big guys in that camp. Toyota's right invested a lot of money in yeah. him. And Mobile One has as well. Right. Yeah. So I think that's where he's going to find his fame, NASCAR. Yeah, no doubt. Um, Todd, why don't we do this? Why don't we take a break and we'll wrap up the show when we come back. How about that? You want to do that? Are you ready for that? One second, we'll be rocking and rolling. Okay, you tell me when you're ready. I'm ready. All right, let's uh, let's do it. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll wrap up mostly motorsports. It's all brought to you by Lucas Oil Products. It works. We'll be right back with more. Stay tuned. One hundredth of an inch of motor oil protecting your car's engine. Friction and heat causes engine oil to experience thermal breakdown, weakening its ability to protect the engine and its parts. Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer is specially formulated to resist thermal breakdown, protect vital engine parts, and extend the life of your engine. It also stops smoking, knocking, and oil consumption in worn engines. Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer. Keep that engine alive. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com. Serving the racing community for over 30 years. Next to your vehicle's engine, your transmission is the most important component of your car. If it's not properly maintained, your car may not shift properly. By adding Lucas Transmission Fix to your transmission, it cleans and lubricates sticking valves for proper shifting, renews worn bands to stop slipping, stops seal leaks, will not void new car warranties, contains no harmful solvents. Lucas Transmission Fix. It works. Here at Specialty Sportswear, in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other add specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business, and make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Missouri's must play away. Osage National Country Resort. Three nine hole courses to choose from at the Lake of the Ozarks in the Osage River Valley. Stay and play packages in our first class condos. A beautiful clubhouse complete with pro shop and exercise facilities. A large pool for relaxation and families. The Eagle View Sports Bar and Grill. Great wedding facilities. Go online and make your tea time today. One of the main reasons for poor vehicle performance is a dirty fuel system. It can cause decreased fuel economy and actually do harm to your engine over time. By adding Lucas Fuel Treatment to your vehicle, it cleans and lubricates the entire fuel system. Pump, carburetors, fuel injectors, and valves as you drive. It also improves your vehicle's performance. It's a non-solvent product designed to protect both gasoline and diesel engines. Lucas Fuel Treatment. It works. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. 
That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. At Lucas Oil, we take pride in creating problem-solving products to make your car care easier. We protect your vehicle and make it run longer so you can focus on the things that matter most. Whether it's commuting to work, visiting a loved one, taking the kids where they need to go, going to the big game, or anywhere life takes you, Lucas Oil is committed to getting you there for all of life's important moments. Lucas Oil, it works. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer. Welcome back. It's Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Lucas Oil Products. It works. Don't forget, tomorrow morning, it's Track Talk with the Racing Boys. Kirk and myself will be on tomorrow morning. 22 years Kirk and I have been on Sports Radio 18 WHB. It's been a long, long, long ride, hadn't it, Kirk? You and I are going to have to pull the plug on this uh, <laughs> purchase of the uh, pay-per-view down at Five Flags, are we not? We, we're going to pull the tr- trigger today. Pull the trigger. Was it $74, something like that, for three days? What is it for two days? Uh... Is that too more much? More than that. It, actually, it's say, it more goes than up, that. Right? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> they're charging $50 if you just want to watch on Sunday. Yeah. And right. then another $25. So it's about the same. Yeah, 75 Actually, it's about the same if you got it for two days versus three days. Right. So. And last night, all they did was run um, the su- support divisions, didn't they, Kirk? They ran pro trucks, sportsmen's, and pure stocks last night, right? Yeah, and the pro truck winner got disqualified. He did. I don't know that failed post race inspection, and the uh, pro truck uh, guy by the name of Alan Carter got DQ'd, and so they handed to the for what Casey Roderick. I'm not sure. They it's didn't some say some kind of failure post race inspection. Chris Yance, uh, my neighbor up the street, he said, "Did you see the story on a guy named Cameron?" That was headed to Five Flags Speedway, whose car came off the trailer and ended up in Red Roof Inn's swimming pool. Oh, my God. He finished third last night in the pure stock class. (laughs) (laughs) I did see a picture of his car in the pool. Is that right? Yeah, I did see a picture of it. So that that would have been, I'll see who finished third. Cameron, what do you say, Latham. Yep. Kirk's got a title, Red Roof Inn, so that would have been. I used to work for them <laughs> long time ago. You quit when you started doing the Racing yeah. Boys deal, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. I was a, a loyal guy for Red Roof Inn. So you were. That perked up my ears when you said that. <laughs> I knew. I saw Kirk. Kirk get double take. You got robbed, didn't you? Twice. Well, <laughs> what, actually, this didn't happen. This was before. Did they Red point Roof a gun Inn. at you? Yeah, I, I got robbed twice. <laughs> th- this was not at Red Roof Inn. This was before my Red Roof Inn days. It was? Yeah, about 36, 35 years ago. I had a gun pulled on me. I don't know what I would do if I had a were gun Were you scared? Me. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you were. I ended up testifying at the trial. Oh, that's right. To put this guy away. He told was, me this. Were you nervous when you went up there on the stand? Yeah. Did you think he might come back said, to get is you? Is he in the room now? I said, yeah, he's sitting right over there. <laughs> <laughs> you did the old uh, Mark. That's him. I put uh, the Marcus Wilby. Uh, oh, not my God, Wilby, Kirk. I can't believe you did and that. Then when he was up for parole here several years ago, I got a letter that uh, he might be getting out. That the guy was up for parole. So be watching out. Did you go down there to testify again? I did not. You, you didn't want any part of that, did you? I don't want him. I don't want him knowing what I look like now. Oh, that's I didn't too want funny. any part of it. Yeah. So anyway, uh, today they're going to uh, at the Five Flags Speedway. They got the uh, snowflake practice. They got modifieds on the track, and they're going to be qualifying for Sunday's race today. That's at six o'clock tonight. Uh, Eastern time that they're going to be qualifying for the snowball derby. And we got a pretty star studded field in that race this weekend. Yeah. Those pro trucks, they're not really, they're, they're kind of street stock trucks. Yeah. Is what they are. They're not like the trucks that we run at I 70 speedway. No, 
No, nothing not, like not that. Not even close. Not even and close. And you raced a truck. I did. I won uh, 10 or 11 features my last year running out yeah. there in a truck. Yeah, I think these trucks. You know, it, it's funny, there. Kirk, that I say that. Nate Bunnell and me were the only two guys to win a race that year. Nobody else won a race. But Only Nate, Nate and I won races. Nate won more than you did, didn't he? He won one more race than me. I, it, you win 10 races or 11, whatever it is, you'd think that you'd win the most amount of races, right? Nate won one more than me. Cost me the championship. You know, the what happened is on opening night, I didn't have a motor or I would have won the championship that year. It cost you. It, it cost you on the opening night. I was so pissed off that I didn't have my motor on opening night. I can't. I can't tell you how mad I was. I was pretty ticked off. So, all right, Kirk. Um, tomorrow, what are we going to talk about tomorrow on Track Talk? We'll talk about what goes on at Gateway tonight. The other half of the late model field will be going at it. Right. I don't know what kind of. Normally at the Gateway Dirt Nationals, we see a different racetrack on the second night than we see the first night. Now, mm-hmm. how different it's going to be and what kind of shape it's going to be in, no one knows. But the chances of it being exactly the way it was last night, I think, are pretty slim. What do you think? What? It's going to be different racetrack than what it was last oh, night. Oh, I, I think they'll, they'll probably juice it up a little bit more tonight. It wasn't rough last night. There was no roughness. There was one little rough spot down there in turn one. There was one little spot down there, and I saw a couple cars hit it, but not not very often. I I think people got around that spot down there. But will it be that way tonight? No, I don't think so. Who do you think is going to win tonight, Kurt? I don't. I don't have any idea. No idea. I have to look at the uh, Bobby Pierce. Do it again. Well, no, he's already qualified. Oh, he's, he's in, isn't the he? The top three are already in. Yeah. For Saturday night's race, this is the other half of the field that goes to Unzecker and, and Simpson are in. Chris Simpson are in. Yeah. Right. I I don't have the uh, entry list pulled up right now who, uh, who races tonight. I don't have that. Ah, uh, you know, you, you might want to put some money on uh, – Ricky Thornton Jr. He looked pretty good last night. Where did he end up running? Ricky Thornton. Of course, these are completely different drivers than what you saw last night. Right. Racing tonight. Oh, they're not the same. Oh, that's the second half of the second field. Second half of the field. So uh, the drivers you saw last night, you you're not going to see tonight. Right. Uh, I see Scott Bloomquist is on the entry list for tonight. I I wouldn't put my money on Scott. Trevor Gundaker. Tyler Carpenter, who's won the last two Gateway Nationals over there, is on the uh, card tonight. Yeah. See if he can make it three in a row. Mm-hmm. Remember, he got that truck ride at Knoxville. For is Jonathan that Davenport there? Uh, I don't see his name listed. Mm. He probably didn't want to tear up his stuff. Hudson O'Neill is on the uh, docket tonight. There's a guy to watch out for. Devin Moran. Devin Moran is. De- uh, a little disappointed in Devin Moran's performance this year. Just so you he know. He started out the season strong. He started off good down there in Florida. Real good. Carson Hosobar, who I also see is on the list down at the Snowball Derby. I'm not sure how he's going to work that out. Right. Uh, we see uh, who are some of the other notable names on the list tonight. Those are the big ones. Mason Ziegler mm. is uh, Ziegler's racing good. tonight. Mm-hmm. He's a pretty good runner. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, the Gundakers are there. Trevor Gundaker will be uh, on the track tonight. Yeah. And uh, I think Kevin Gundaker is the guy that works the racetrack, is he not? He is. Yeah, for sure. The promoter out of Tri-City Speedway. Um, uh, Davenport is running with the XR series. They're okay. running this weekend? I guess they are, aren't they? The XR series is? Yeah. Anyway, those are the notable names that I see uh, racing tonight at Gateway. All right. Well, we want to thank everybody for tuning in to the show. 
Again, uh, we're going to do track talk tomorrow morning. We hope everybody will tune in tomorrow morning, 8 o'clock, 8 to 10. You can watch it right here on our Facebook page. You can watch it on we, – we're not doing Twitter anymore, are we? No, we're, we tweet. So if you, Twitter doesn't do us much good. No, we're not – we're going to wait and find out kind of what's going on with Twitter, leaving our open stream back in open. We're going to wait and make sure that it's secure before we – Yeah start firing that we've got youtube our homepage, and facebook and so yeah that's know, all we need yeah and we're going to tweet like i said we will we'll not we'll still be tweeting we'll just be sending it over to facebook yeah no so doubt. you can comment we like everybody to comment so yeah no doubt about it all right thanks everybody for tuning in we hope that you'll join us tomorrow morning at 8 a.m central time right here on rbn the racing boys broadcasting network we're also on sports radio 810 whb we hope that you'll join us tomorrow from 8 to 10 for Todd Surprise, for Kirk Elliott, I'm Scott Trailer saying thanks for joining us. We'll see you tomorrow.